This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio bringing you a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the second week of Advent. Yes, we're already in the second week of Advent. Bishop Brennan desires to share with us the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth as we prepare our hearts this Advent for the coming of Jesus Christ on Christmas. Welcome, Your Excellency. Good morning and happy feast day. Yes, happy feast day. We celebrate the feast, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception today. Um, It's a very special feast day. In fact, I woke up in the middle of the night several times thinking, I can't wait to hear how you describe the Immaculate Conception. Many people think the Immaculate Conception has to do with Christ. Of course, we're preparing for his arrival on Christmas Day, but it's about our Blessed Virgin Mary. It is, it is. Of course, all things point to Christ, and... um and, and so this gift that was given to Mary was preparing her to be the mother of Christ. But it is not the um, conception of Jesus, the Annunciation, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, that we celebrate in March. What we celebrate today is a special gift, a unique gift that God gave to Mary. You know, we're all born with the original sin. We all have that weakness, that tendency to sin. And God in his plan, and God who knows our hearts even before we do, Mm -hmm. gave her that beautiful gift that from the very moment of her conception, so when she was conceived in the womb of St. Anne, she was without original sin, and she lived her life always without sin. Except for our Lord Jesus, you can't say that about anyone else in history. And I think you know God knew her heart and so God gave her this gift and preserved her from sin and that made her a fitting mother for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So um and and then she lived her life accordingly. And I was amazed in in hearing some of the doctors of the church speak about the gift of the forgiveness or the washing clean of original sin, we also have been given that gift, haven't we? We have. Now, uh, we were not not, not, from not the moment of our conceived, conception, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but um, but from the uh, gift of baptism through the gift of baptism, our sins are washed away. We are set free from original sin, and yet there's still that weakness, isn't there? That's, there's still that weakness that lets us go into sin to seek after our own wants and desires. But baptism frees us from original sin, and then the Lord continues to give us gifts. The Lord gave Mary that special, unique gift because of who she was and her willingness to cooperate in his plan. But God gives us gifts um, first, of course, baptism to wash away our sins, but then that gift of reconciliation so that we can go back to him when we do fall and find forgiveness in, in, in all its beauty. In today's reading, she shows how much she trusts God and that she's not going to put any limits on how beautiful God wants to work in her life. And Mary is is generous in her response to God's will, but she does it because she has a strong sense of the fidelity of God. She could say yes to God because she knew that God would be faithful in his promises to her and to the world. 
And so Mary's yes was rooted in a real understanding and a real trust in God's fidelity. When, uh, in 1854, uh, Pope Pius declared the feast or the, um, the doctrine of the Immaculate the, Conception. The dogma, right. The Church, you know, there's a, there's an, a saying, lex uh, orandi, lex credanti, the, 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 the law of um, prayer becomes the law of love. And so Christians for centuries have uh, believed and prayed um, this belief of Mary being conceived without original sin. It was part and part of our fiber, you might say, the fiber of our being, the fiber of our faith. But in 1854, Pope Pius IX declared it a dogma of the Church. And um, it's, it's one of those few times that, uh, that the full force, if you will, of magisterial teaching is taught dogmatically. This is what the Church holds and believes. So, um, <clears throat> so it is an article of our faith. Um, and, um, and so that's a great gift that Pius IX gave to the Church many years ago, and it's a gift we celebrate today. Now, and, you know, today, mm-hmm. this Feast of, um, uh, of the Immaculate Conception marks a special anniversary, another gift, if you will, of Pius IX. So in 1854, he declared the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. But on this very day in 1870... He declared Joseph as the universe. I'm sorry. He declared Joseph as the patron of the universal church, a guardian and protector of the church. Um, he did not do that with the same force of magisterial teaching that he did with the Immaculate Conception. That again, is, that stands out. But as a gift, he um, he took what many were already believing. He talks about how many people. Um, were beseeching him to do this. Um, and, and he said, you know, therefore in these most troubling times, the church is beset by enemies on every side and is weighed down by calamities so heavy that ungodly men assert that the gates of hell have indeed prevailed against her. And yet so many have come forward requesting this gift. And so he declares St. Joseph, patron of the church, um, and uses that to renew us um, in in in, um, in in our faith. So, so again, a great gift, um, Joseph, patron of the Universal Church. And what we do is we look today on this Feast of the Immaculate Conception um, to Mary and Joseph as protectors, as guardians. They were protectors and guardians of Jesus, um, and they are of us. I say we entrust ourselves to Mary and Joseph because God did nothing less, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know it's a great story how it all happened. Apparently, I take some of this information from the book by um, Father Calloway, the the, uh, the consecration to to Saint Joseph. But um, apparently, m- there was a Dominican priest in particular, um, but many were writing asking that this declaration be made, and this one priest actually said, "I will offer my very life. I will offer my very life." For this intention, and that touched Pope Pius the Ninth. He said, "Many people wrote, but one person actually said, I will offer my life, my, my in, in prayer.'" And 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 he did that, um, you know, in prayer and penance and self denial for the, for this intention. And so, um, 
it seems that what happened is on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, the Holy Father did the address to the world, who be at Orbi. And in the midst of that address, he just announced that proclamation of Joseph as patron of the Universal Church. What a beautiful gift, the protectors of all of our families. Yes. And he said, here's something, just a, a great, great line. I, I, I love looking. This is in the proclamation. He says, Him whom countless kings and prophets had desired to see, Joseph not only saw, but conversed with and embraced in paternal affection and kissed. He most diligently reared him whom the faithful to, were to receive as the bread that came down from heaven, whereby they might e- obtain eternal life. That, that is so powerful? beautiful, yes. And what a great Advent m- meditation. Him who countless a- kings and prophets desired to see, Joseph not only saw, but he conversed with, embraced, and kissed. Mm, may we all do that as well, huh? Indeed, indeed. Um, just a great, great uh, celebration that we have today as we celebrate Mary's Immaculate Conception, Joseph as a patron of the Church, and there you have the Holy Family of Nazareth, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, um, especially in our midst today. And we end this week, uh, this big week uh, of the second week of Advent, with the feast uh, in a wonderful feast here locally for the Diocese of Columbus for Our Lady of Guadalupe. Tell us a little bit about what's going on on Saturday. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, what's not going on. We were hoping to have a big celebration. <laughs> we were hoping to have a big celebration at the state fairgrounds and, uh, and music and dancing and food. Um, and uh, I was looking forward to the food, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so with looking forward to all of that, we, um, we, we planned, and then, of course, the, the situation of the world changed. And so mm. we have to make do, we have to adapt. And yet the organizing committee did such a great job of adapting um, that we're, we're having a celebration here at the cathedral. Archbishop Pierre, the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, will be joining us. And um, that's a great honor in itself, the personal representative of the Holy Father to the United States of America, he had done. He had served in this capacity in Mexico, so it's even more special. But he's coming here to be with us in the Diocese of South Columbus, and um, the other great honor will be broadcasting in the usual ways by live stream and things like that. But um, one of the Spanish radio stations, La Mega, will carry it, and W, not WNBC, but um, NBC uh, mm-hmm. Channel. Four here mm-hmm. in the NBC affiliate channel four here in Columbus will um, will broadcast it from uh, ten to twelve. So we thank our sponsors who made that possible, and we thank NBC because this is really, if you think about it, um, groundbreaking. They're dedicating two hours of uh, morning Saturday morning TV um, to a a religious celebration, a beautiful religious celebration, and in Spanish. So this is groundbreaking on a number of levels. So while there's a part of me that's disappointed um, that we're not 
all together at the state fairgrounds, and I'll just say no food. Um, I'll be <laughs> – there's another part of me that's glad that through um, the way we are celebrating, maybe this could be accessible to many, many more people. Granted, it will be in Spanish, but um, I hope that many people of all languages just uh, will uh, will tune in and see, I mean, the, some of the testimony, the music, the uh, culture, and then um, Holy Mass at 11 o'clock. Um, uh, Archbishop Pierre will celebrate Holy Mass at, at 11 o'clock, and that will conclude our day. So, yes, we have a great week filled with feast, filled with um, Mary and Joseph, um, you know, the Immaculate Conception, the Holy Family of Nazareth, and then on Our Lady of Guadalupe, what we note is that what God did 2,000 years ago it was unique and special, but God every once in a while steps in in an extraordinary way mm. into our human experience with these apparitions of the Blessed Mother. And why does he do that? So that in every time and place and wherever there may be suffering or, or difficulty, he sends Mary who shows us Jesus. And so we give thanks for that. We give great thanks. This is a week to give beautiful thanks. The second week of Advent, while it has all the images of John the Baptist, we celebrated him through on Sunday, has all those images. Mary shines brightly as a, a star, a bright star during this week of Advent. We have a lot to be thankful for. You gave thanks to all the faithful over this last weekend uh, through a letter through our priest, um, thanking folks that um, they were taking care of others by wearing masks and um, being careful because of this spike or increase in COVID-19. Yeah, I think we have to take very, very seriously the the increase. And I, I can say this myself, um, anecdotally, I'm hearing more people who have it, you know, than I did back in March and April. Back in March and April, I heard um, personal stories of many people from New York. Now I'm hearing very personal stories of people from around here, and I think that's a more universal experience. Um, so, so yeah, I, we, we, we need to take this very, very seriously. Um, and, you know, the point of my letter is I want to do everything I can, and I want us all to be able to do everything we can so that we can continue to gather to worship the Lord. Now, that said, anyone who is not, who believes prudently they should not come, the dispensation is there. We want you to, to, to see your, the, the prudence in your decision. Um, I, I expect that fewer people will be coming, and that I understand, and we're going to really redouble our efforts to make things available so that people can participate from home, but so that we can continue our worship. Those who do gather in the church, it, I use the word, I said, it's imperative. I say this in the strongest possible terms. I implore people, let's follow the guidelines. Let's wear the mask, keep the distancing, um, use the hand sanitizers, all the things that we're called to do. It, um, it protects us. We protect ourselves, but we protect one another. It's a gesture of concern for one another. And it really is going to be, it's a necessary thing, not only so that realistically our churches continue to be safe places. That's been the experience, that our churches have been mm -hmm. safe. 
Um, we've had cases, but we have not had outbreaks from from within the church. Now, churches continue to be safe places, but they can only be safe places if we follow all those guidelines, and that's imperative to our being able to continue um, the the to the, the live public worship. Um, we're in a different place than we were in March in the sense that we know a lot more. You know, things can be the, the illness can be treated. So we, we have that intention, we have that desire, and that's going to be uh, um, a, a goal, a hard work that we're going to do. But we also recognize that um, <clears throat> that it depends on our working together. Um, so thank you. I did. I said thank you to all of the people who've been taking these precautions and taking them seriously. And uh, again, I just implore that we all do it together. It's important that we do it, but it's also important that we be seen to do it so that those who are in church can feel safe, so that those who are looking in from the outside can know that we're doing our best. Bishop Brennan, could you close us with a prayer? Yes, and what I'd like to do is take the prayer to St. Joseph during the coronavirus pandemic. That was, uh, I take it from a prayer card from the Josephine on um, the Feast of St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O St. Joseph, husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and foster father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we turn to you in our time of need, knowing fully that you are a source of consolation, comfort, and solace, comforter of the afflicted and hope of the sick. Help those throughout the world who have the coronavirus. Bring them strength, perseverance, and healing. Patron of the dying, deliver the souls of those who are dying of the coronavirus into the merciful arms of your Son, Jesus Christ. Joseph, most courageous, help those on the front lines of this pandemic with health of mind and body and assist them with their challenges and strife. And finally, in times of fear and anxiety, take us under your loving protection and aid us from on high. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to the Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan for the second week of Advent. Coming up next is Living the Catholic Life. 